for joining the podcast of Odessa First Assembly. I'm Pastor Todd Starnes. We're in a series called Teach Us to Pray that is coinciding with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll be focusing on the patterns of prayer through Scripture to help us in our own prayer life. One of my favorite quotes is on prayer is from Max Licato. He said, Our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. I pray that this series will help you grow from where you are to where God wants you to be. God bless you. And uh, while we're doing this 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I don't know about how your week went with your fasting, but mine was terrible. I'm just going to be real. I, I don't think, I, I, think, I think yesterday morning was the first morning that I woke up without a headache. And uh, I mean, I've been, I knew my, I've been going through this, uh, I guess, uh, this, this uh, I don't want to, well, I, I was going to say addiction. I was going to try to soften it. But I don't, you know, it's probably addiction to caffeine and sugar. And getting that out of your system, and my, my week was, whole, I was in a bad mood, I was cranky, I was depressed, I was, I was in bad shape all week. I mean, I tried to pray, and it's like, I, I mean, a few times I was like, you know, Lord, I just don't know if I even want to talk to you right now. I'm just being, I'm just being transparent. I mean, I was in a bad mood. <laughs> and, uh, but yesterday got a whole lot better, and this morning is is even better. It's not easy. And so just for a few moments again, I want to remind you that we are in 21 days of fasting and prayer. It's not too late to jump in on this. And there's all kinds of ways that you can do this. You can do a complete fast. I did a lot of complete fasting this last week. But you can do a complete fast. And that's pretty much where you know you just go on water. Maybe some uh, health reasons. You may want to look at juice or Gatorade. But um, you know, that's what a complete fast is, is just getting rid of all the food. There's also a selective fast, which is also part of what we've really encouraged for this 21 days is a Daniel fast. But it's getting out the caffeine, the meat, the sugars, and, and going into a more uh, a vegetarian really kind of diet. There's also impartial fast. You can choose just to fast a, a morning. or Now, if you're one of those that you never eat breakfast... You can't wake up that day and say, oh, I'm fasting breakfast. It, it doesn't work like that. So you might want to pick a lunch or a supper or maybe a time frame from 8 to 8 or something like that. I remember um, way back when I was a youth pastor and every Thursday was fasting day for our youth group. And, and so we would always meet up at my house. Um, we'd have a prayer meeting on Thursday. And a lot of the youth had come over and at 12.01, man, we pigged out that may not be the best thing to do. But anyway, there's also, you know, a soul fast. I call it a soul fast, but maybe it's TV. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's something that's really has taken up your time that you just need to take a step back, push that stuff away, and really focus your time on the Lord. And that's where Isaiah 58 comes in. Now, Isaiah 58, it really tells us a lot about what happens when we don't fast in the right manner. But it also tells us what happens when we fast with the right heart and correctly. And so I really encourage you today, this week, kind of maybe really meditate on Isaiah 58. I'm really going to share two verses this morning. Because uh, part of, the, and it, it, there's more to it than this, but the scripture does say in verses 9 through 11, it kind of tells us when you fast with the right heart, what happens. And we pick up in verse 9, it says, Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. 
You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. If you take away, if you take away the yoke from your midst, listen to this, the pointing of the finger, there's, but that, oh, man, I got some sermon ideas are stirring with that one. And speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy desire of the afflicted, then, you, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy the desire and scorch places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of waters whose waters never fell. And I love Isaiah 58, 11. It's kind of one of my life verses. But that gives you a promise to hold on to. And just think, whenever you're going through that difficult time, and it seems like the circumstances are unrelenting, that may be a time to fast and pray. Because the scripture tells us when we fast with the right heart, then what happens is we gain a refreshing. The Lord strengthens us and restores us regardless of what the circumstances are. And that kind of, with that, that it's a, a little bit of a diving board for me to, to say this morning, to make a declaration. It's your first point, your first fill in the blank. Prayer helps us get in touch with the supernatural. God has not intended to you to live a life just in the natural. Yes, I, I do think we have to be cautious and careful to be, you know, not be so heavenly minded. We're no earthly good. Many of us know that saying and have heard that statement before. But I'm going to tell you, God wants us to live a life in the supernatural. He wants us to see with eyes of faith. He wants to have. He wants to, us to believe and and have hope in our hearts of of. The kingdom of God breaking through. I often talk about it this way. Is that heaven wants to. Uh, oh goodness it just left me. Uh, franchise. There we go. You know like Wendy's or McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever. You know you go in. It's the same menu. It looks the same. The same decor. I believe that's what God wants to do to earth. He wants to establish his kingdom where everywhere there are people getting saved and people getting delivered and people getting restored. That's what I mean by God breaking through and doing a work here on earth. And so remember, prayer helps us get in touch with the supernatural. He has intended you to walk in the spirit. And you can maybe jot down Galatians 5.25, one of my favorite verses about that. But if you have the desire to do big things, impossible things for God, if you need breakthrough in your life, you got to realize that sometimes that only comes by prayer and fasting and walking in the Spirit and what God has for your life. There's two things about, there's lots of things about prayer we're going to talk about. Of course, a couple of weeks ago we talked in Matthew about the Lord's Prayer. But there's something very important about prayer and there's two things I want to say just very quickly. One is listening. When, when, there, when you have a consistent prayer life happening and, and you're faithful to the Lord in, in your prayer, what you're going to find is, is that you're going to get more in tune to what God has to say. Sometimes that just doesn't happen first thing or right off the bat. It takes 
an investment in your relationship with the Father and allowing Him to speak to your heart. Another thing is being sensitive. And, and those things can really be combined, sensitive and listening, but it, it really makes you sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is doing. I referred to this a moment ago, Galatians 5.25. If you want to walk by the Spirit, then keep in step with the Spirit. That, is, that happens when we are sensitive to the voice and the work of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody say amen? And so we want to be sensitive. And so last week, you're going to hear this, or two weeks ago, and I'm kind of really going to hammer it in this morning even more, is that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer should be our first response and our last resort. So I want you, so I'm, I'm even thinking, this, this is really spoken to me, and I'm really believing that this may become one of our, kind of our anthems, one of our cries that we talk about all the time, and that is this, to pray first. Say it with me, pray first. Come on, say it, it's, it's not hard, it's only two words. Let's say it together, pray first. I mean, that really needs to become our, our motto. That, that needs to become who we are, is that pray first about everything. I ask you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. It tells us, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. Yeah, and, and verse 16, that rejoice always is so important, but kind of really what I'm focusing on is that verse 17, to pray without ceasing. In every situation, pray first. When you wake up, pray first. When I woke up this morning and my eyes popped open, the first thing I said was, Lord, as before I grabbed my phone, as before I did anything, I said, Lord, I just give this day to you. I just surrendered all to you. I just give it to you. And even before I had my, really my prayer time, I had, the first thing I did was to give it over, just to give the day over to God, just to commit it to him. When you wake up, pray first. When you get in the car, pray first. Bring God into every circumstance by praying first. That's your next blank. We want to pray first. I, I, you're going to hear pray first so much this morning, you're going to, you're going to, you, you might be sick of it right now, but later, when you're alone with your thoughts, you're going to hear my voice telling you over and over and over again, pray first. Come on, say it again. Pray first. Before that conversation, pray first. Before you take that new job, pray first. Before you vent on social media, <clears throat> pray first. Before the appointment, pray first. I really like how the, the New Living Translation in that verse 17, it says, that, you know, uh, I read in the ESV, it says, you know, pray without ceasing. In the New Living Translation, it says, never stop praying. Now, that doesn't mean like, you know, that you're, you're like every moment, every day, you know, you're just like, you know, people, you know, I mean, people may think you're weird anyway, but they're really going to think you're weird you know, if, if every second, every day you're praying, that's not necessarily what this means. What it's telling us is that we need to be in that attitude of prayer at every moment. And when you, find, when you start living life that way, what you find is, is prayer will always be your first go-to instead of the reaction. Instead of seeds of doubt or, or, or issues getting planted in your heart and your head. Smith Wigglesworth, he's uh, one of my heroes of the faith. He, 
an awesome man of God. He's passed on now, but many of you may recognize that name. But he said this, never pray more than tw- I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. I love that quote. Here's another one by John Bunyan. Prayer is the shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a skirt. Man, does anybody just want to be a skirt? Aren't you just tired of the devil? I mean, do you like, you know, if you want to pay him back for all the mess he's involved in, but done in your life, why not pray? Romans chapter 12, verse 12, it tells us, Paul writes, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. You know, we see that, uh, you know, we talked about it so, a lot last week, and I'm going I'm to kind of make a lot of references about a couple of weeks ago. Um, but even Jesus, he, the, he told the disciples, this may not be in your notes, but if you want to jot it down, Luke 18, 1, that they should pray always and not give up. To always pray and to not give up. And so what I want to do this morning is, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago I gave you a pattern of prayer. We're actually going to maybe talk about some more. There's some other um, patterns of prayer that I want to talk about. I probably next Sunday, the Lord willing, I'm going to speak on specifically spiritual warfare in our prayer time. But this morning I really want to devote and talk to you about the importance of really prayer becoming a discipline in our life and a habit in our life. And so I want to give you four principles for a lifestyle of prayer. And here's number one. Prayer must be a priority. Prayer must be a priority. I'm going to say it again. Prayer must be a priority. In Scripture, firsts are so important. Our, the firstborn in Scripture we see is important. Jesus is the firstborn. And, and there's a lot of spiritual significance to to the firstborn. First fruits, we see it all through scripture. That's why the tithe, I, one thing's thing's about the tithe, it's just not about the amount that makes it. I do believe that it is an amount. I do believe it's 10% of our gross income, but it's even more than that. It's about it being first. It's about it being first. I'm not great at it every single um, uh, a paycheck, but I, I strive that every single paycheck, the first thing that happens is I pay my tithe. And the amount is not so important as that it happens first. Because whatever we do first shows what's priority in our life. What we do first communicates priority. If the first thing you do when your eyes pop open is grab your phone, then what's the priority? If the first thing you do is go and, and uh, uh, you know, when things get bad and, and, and you turn on the TV, what's your priority? I mean, what, what's your response? Whatever you do first says a lot about what's priority in your life. I mean, I, I, just make it your habit before you do anything. Lord, I give you this day. I want to serve you and honor you. That, that, it's, it's not that hard. Before the medicine cabinet pray first still go to the medicine cabinet i mean i i i i did have to go for my vitamins for i've been on vitamins like crazy for anybody else for the last couple of years i mean vitamin d zinc whatever i don't it's a whole bunch of them 
I've never been, I've never even taken like multivitamins. I'm taking multivitamins. I'm, you know, emergency, whatever. And, uh, but listen, you know, yes, I'm not saying don't do the practical, but pray first. Before the doctor's appointment, before you get the results, pray first. Before the reaction, pray first. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we had a, a series in, about Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, you know, what happened was, and if you remember, that, uh, uh, you know, that, that there was a bunch of guys, a bunch of enchanters that didn't like Daniel and and was telling on him and trying to get laws in place to get Daniel in trouble. So that's kind of my vernacular just really quick. But when this law had been signed that to worship the king only, Daniel's response, he went to his house where he had his windows in the upper chamber toward heaven, open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And this is what I want to emphasize. As he had previously done. When this law that ultimately that caused Daniel to be thrown in the lion's den, when they passed the law, he didn't scramble, he didn't worry, he didn't fret, he didn't get upset. What does scripture tell us that he did? He did what he always did, and that was pray first. As he had previously done. And so here's something that's going to help you to pray. Make an appointment with God and keep it. Listen, if you just leave it up to however your day goes to have that time of prayer, you'll never have that time of prayer. Make an appointment with God and keep it. I use an app. I use a, I am, if you don't know this about me, or if you've ever wondered about this, me, I am like, I am the most forgetful person on the planet. I'm, I'm convinced of it. I really, I mean, especially if you tell me something like after service, you better check with me on Monday morning because I will not remember the conversation. I don't know why that, maybe it's because, I, you know, God has made me that special, I guess. I don't know. But I have, a, I have an, a to-do app. It's called Things. Anybody use Things? I love Things. Maybe you have a, to, a reminders list or whatever. And I'm going to tell you, even though that prayer and Bible reading is a habit in my life, every single day on my Things, it says, pray and read your Bible. Every single day I see it. I have an appointment set with God, and I keep it. The psalmist wrote in Psalms 5.3, O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Psalm 59, 16. But I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the, in the morning. For you have been a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. Mark 1, 35. This is Jesus. And rising very early in the morning... While it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. What's significant about those verses, and you see this all through about the Bible, is there was an appointed time of prayer, and in these examples, it is the morning. I'm not telling you that you're doing it wrong if your time is not in the morning. That's not my, my, my goal here, but I'm going to tell you, if I don't do it first, I don't do it. If I don't do it first, I don't do it. And to me, it's so much easier to make that appointment to pray in the morning. 
It's how Jesus did it. So it must work. It's how so many in the Psalms, how they, they, they had that appointed time and they prayed. So, make an appointment with God to keep the main prayer of priority and, uh, and be faithful with it. Listen, prayer should not be like a, 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 a weight. Prayer should not be something that is like a, you know, a, something we don't enjoy. You know, when, I, when it's just me and Angela and we're on date night and, and just talking to one another, those are some of my favorite moments of communication that we have with one another. It's not that much different with the Lord. When we're praying and we're seeking His face and, and we're in that relationship with the Lord and we're praying, it should be something we enjoy. So number two is this. This is, this is really important. Find a place to pray. Find a place to pray. What I have found when I have a designated place to pray, I'm more faithful in my praying. Just don't leave it up to whatever. I, you know, I tend to be, you know, OCD about certain things. And actually, my prayer place, I'm, I'm, atmosphere is huge to me, just huge to me. I don't know why that is. I love, I love like sounds. I love thunderstorms. I love, you know, uh, uh, you know, rushing water. And it is, to me, it creates a, an atmosphere for me. But listen, you know, the place where I come more times than any is right here in this room. Is this sanctuary place. And I know I have that, that privilege and, and uh, uh, access to be able to do that. But you've got to find a place to pray. It may be... In a prayer closet, it may be, go to Comanche Trail. You might want to, you know, pack something with your CHL and, a, you know, some heat. But go to Comanche Trail and walk and pray. Walk, walk, by, walk by the, go by UTPB and, and walk. Find somewhere that's your daily place that you can go and pray. And there's a reason for that. I, you know, I was thinking about um, uh, something. My great-grandfather... He was, uh, uh, you know, my great grandfather. Um, he was a he was a a, a Methodist man, a, a godly man, and and uh, my grandfather and my dad have told me t- told me many times about he had a stump behind their house, and every day he would go to that stump, and he would pray. They knew when he was at that stump what he was doing. He had a place to pray. You know, some people, it's literal. They do have a, a prayer closet. I, I love the sanctuary. I know my father-in-law, he loves driving. My father-in-law loves driving and, 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 and going to other towns and praying over those towns, those city limit signs. And so listen, don't go any place without first going to the prayer place. Don't, I mean, make it that much of a priority. Don't go to any place without first going to the prayer place. Maybe you want to walk the neighborhood or, or, or you know, go somewhere. A, a, a place of prayer where you can control the atmosphere. Where you can control your atmosphere. And that's one of the reasons why I come in here. I, I love the new, I don't, you know, everybody's got different smartphones, whatever. I love what Apple does now. They have all these, this, this focus on the phone. And you can, you can I can set it up to where, um, you know, like if I'm, uh, you know, sleeping, you know, who can get through, you know, um, I don't know if I want to say who that is, because, you know, I don't know, you might want to call me in the middle of the night, but, um, uh, but not everybody's on that list, 
when I'm on vacation, I have a, a vacation a, a notification. And what it does, it blocks all my emails, it blocks all my calls and everything. And I have a, a prayer focus on my phone. When I click that, it's, I mean, it's like my phone just, you know, it's going to, in, the, in the airplane mode. I mean, nobody can get through. Because what I found is, if somebody's going to call me or text me or my phone's going to ding, it's going to be when I go to prayer. And so you want to be able to control that atmosphere. I love music, and I usually, when I'm praying, I usually turn the music up really, really loud. That's just what I like. It's the atmosphere I like. Prayer will also sanctify a place. I believe this. Wherever you pick the place of prayer, it also needs to be, you, you, your, your home needs to be a place of prayer, regardless of what you choose and where you go, because here's what I believe. And I'm, you know, whenever I go into a home and, and somebody asks me, hey, pastor, would you come and, and bless our home? And we anoint the thresholds, we anoint the windows and doors and bedrooms and bathrooms and all that kind of stuff. I don't go in there usually like, you know, just binding at the devil and just creating this, you know, this spiritual warfare moment. What I tend to do is just invite the presence of the Lord. Because what I believe is, is that the presence of the Lord can be so thick in my home, there's no place for the enemy. I mean, I want the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray when somebody walks in through my front door, they are gripped with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Prayer will sanctify a place. A place of prayer will help you in your prayer strategy. And we're going to talk more about this in just, actually, in our next point. But as I was putting this together, there was a... Anybody remember the movie War Room? Is that clip going to work? Do we have that clip? Okay, hopefully it's going to work. So, it, War Room. Anybody remember War Room? I even started thinking, we, I don't know, maybe after our 21 days fasting and prayer, we might do a movie night and like watch that movie again, War Room. It's such a great movie. But I believe this scene is at the very end of the movie, and I wanted to share that just really quick. done it again Lord you've done it again you are good and you are mighty and you are merciful and you keep taking care of me when I well, don't sorry, stream. deserve We're gonna move on. It's praise you Jesus I'll play that later but that's where the lady she I mean she bombards heaven but you also find in that clip that she has a pattern and a plan to her prayer, and that's our next thing, have an intentional plan of prayer. Have an intentional plan of prayer. Listen, it is not unspiritual to have a list or a pattern of prayer. I mean, I gave one pattern two weeks ago out of Matthew 6, 9. It's the, what we call the Lord's Prayer. But you know, and, and Luke, the disciples asked, um, which is, it, it happens the same time as Matthew 6, but he said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus responded, Our Father who, had, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we forgive our debt, 
and forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so we see a pattern. We see a pattern to worship, to intercede, to pray for provision, to go through a, a heart-searching place of forgiveness and to have a time of warfare prayer. There's also the ACTS plan of prayer, A-C-T-S, the ACTS plan of prayer. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And those things are just kind of give you a pattern to help you pray, but it's even more than that. Have a, a devotion, God. There's devotions that I read. Have a, have a prayer, God. Have, have a list of missionaries. Have a, have a list of, of ministry leaders. Take time and go through and pray the scripture. I'm, I don't think there's anything more powerful than praying the promises of God. Use a journal, write things down and answers to prayer and, and prayer requests that you might have. But have a plan to prayer. When you're intentional about your prayer time with God, you'll never have enough time to pray. And that's a challenge that I'm issuing to you. If you are having a difficult time of of, of how much time that you're spending in prayer, then if you'll make it a priority, if you'll find a place and find a plan, what you're going to find is you'll never have enough time. You, you'll always want to pray more. You'll always want to pray more. And so, have a plan, have a place, make it your priority. During your prayer time, this is also important. During your prayer time, involve the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. During your prayer time, involve the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Listen, your view of God determines the relationship that you have with God. Your view of God determines the relationship that you have with God. There are so many people that project a, a dysfunctional view of their earthly father to the heavenly father. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter how bad of a father you may have had, it doesn't matter how good of a father that you may have had, neither, neither of them compare to the father. And I say that as a father, I say that even, I say that as a son. The way we view God, it really determines a lot about our life. If your prayer is ever going to be enjoyable, if you're ever going to have a time of consistent, faithful prayer, you've got to have the right view of God. I love this verse. I, I really think that maybe uh, this may become one of those favorites. I even thought, you know what, I may start closing service every week with this verse. But 2 Corinthians chapter 13 in verse 14, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And what I love about that verse is not only does it talk about the Trinity, the triune God, but it, it kind of tells us a little bit about personality of each one of the Trinity. And it begins with the grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, surely when you think of grace, you think about Jesus. The grace of Jesus. You see, Scripture tells us that Jesus is our mediator between God and man. 
Jesus is our mediator between God and man. That probably have been a better written out that Jesus is our mediator between God and me. But he is our mediator. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, that the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. I mean, think about it. Here's Jesus. Jesus has the right, this is what this is saying. He's at the right hand of the Father, right? That's, that's where Jesus is. He's at the right hand of the Father. And when we go to the Father in prayer, in Matthew 6, we see our Father who art in heaven, so we're directing our prayer to the Father. But when we have an understanding of each of the roles of the Trinity in our prayer time, we understand. So I'm going to the Father. I'm like, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm having a really hard time with this, with this situation. Jesus, Jesus is like, Dad, Dad, I was, I was there. there. I've, 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 I've been, been through, through that. that. He's, 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 he's telling, telling you the, the truth. truth. I've, 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 I've gone, gone through that. that. We're, 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 we go to the Father in prayer and we're like, Father, I'm so wounded. I've, I've been hurt deeply. Help me through. And Jesus steps in and he says, Father, I, I just got to tell you, I, I was rejected by men. I know exactly what it is that he's feeling and, and he's going through. I mean, doesn't the image of that change the way that you see that time moment in the prayer? That the Bible says is that Jesus was tempted all points of a man. I mean, he has, he's walked in our, we don't serve a God who's distant and, and dysfunctional and has no clue what we're facing and going through. Jesus has been through it all and yet did not sin. And so it qualifies him to be in that place. It qualifies him to be in that place to say, Father, I know exactly what it is that they're going through. Jesus is the bridge between us and God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. God, it goes next, as we look at that verse, it says that about the grace of the Lord Jesus, but it also says the love of God. God has an extravagant love for you. God has an extravagant love for you. And listen to me just very quickly. And yes, Scripture does tell us that God is love. And I, so many people have this view of God that he's out to get them, that he's distant, that he doesn't care, that you've, you know, you've, you've made your bed, you might as well lie in it too. That's not our God. Our God, he loves you he loves you and one example i think is descriptive of psalm 103 and i thought that was really the best way to to describe this psalm 103 verse 8 the lord is compassionate he's compassionate he's merciful he's slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love 
You know, I mean, think about that. I mean, that means when I'm coming to God and I'm saying, Lord, <laughs> I've messed up again. I mean, God's reaction is not, well, you've done it this time. You're out of chances, boy. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. Verse 10, he does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above. He has removed our sins as far as from the east as from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender, compassionate to those who fear him. That's your father. That's your heavenly father. It reminded me of the song, the, the song a hymn. I know that I've shared many times on it before. But some of it goes like this. Could we with ink the ocean fill and the skies of parchment made and every stalk on earth the quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. That is the love of God for you. And the third person is the Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit, that, that, that fellowship, fellowship that, we that we have with the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. The, Holy the Holy Spirit, Spirit will, will help you live life when you leave that prayer place. place. Did you, you know, know that's, that's his, his job? job. That's, that's his, his mission, mission is, is when we leave that, that prayer place. place. He's, He's like, like when, when you're praying, praying you're like, Father, you know, and you're having your prayer time and the Lord speaks to you. You know, I really kind of, I want you to shift right here, and I, I want you to do this in your life, and your immediate reaction is, oh, Lord, that's too much. Well, hold on. Just slow down there, God. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that enables you to carry out what God speaks to your heart. He's the one that empowers you to live this life. I mean, some people say it's too hard for to live for God. But I'm going to tell you, when you're in right relationship with God and the Holy Spirit's at work with your life, it's hard not to live for God. We need the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And he's going to help us do that, whatever happens in our prayer time. And I'm so grateful for the Holy Spirit. I'm so grateful for how the God designed for all of this to work. I'm, I'm, you know, Jesus promised it's better for you that I go because when I go, then there's going to be a promise. There's a promise of the Father, and He's going to counsel you. He's going to be an advocate for you. He's going to be a comforter for you. He's going to be that Parakletos, that one that comes along aside and helps you live life. And helps you live life. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. Thank you for tuning in for this podcast. If you want more information about us, just go to Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. You could also check us out at odessafirst.com.